blah, blah, blah. Do something. One, two, blah, 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 blah. All right, we're recording. We're live. Awesome. Did you ever feel so bad inside? This is where I meant to say welcome to the early late night review. Thank you. We've been waiting to do this for ages. This is Aaron Connolly. Yes. Hello. The great and powerful Aaron Connolly. Look, I'm just going to hold the mic like this. Oh, okay. I, like I, might, I might pick it up later, but you know. Where are we? Where are we? We are in the magnificent Jamie's current abode in the wilds of Hertfordshire. Yeah, we're at my kitchen table. Yeah. I'm going to have to change angles already. I want to... There you go. Oh, it's like we're having a proper conversation now, face ah, to face, relaxing. Yeah, that's right. Chilling. Do you want a drink? I've got a drink. I might get a beer already. That's, you do that. Yeah. Go and have a beer then. All right, hold on. Keep it running. Keep it running. So, he's, he's gone to get a beer and left me at the table. Describe what I look like. Um, short, mostly short. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Enough. Yes. Maybe I should take these headphones off. Yeah. All right, there you go. That's better. That's, see, see, we can connect properly now. Yes, it makes Look, a big that's, difference. That's a fancy beer can. It's not. It's um, Audi's own version of like a red stripey Stella thing. It's a nice beer can. It is a nice beer can. And I do like And have I'm, a look. I'm drinking out of... Oh, well, though. Yeah, a Marshall's amplifier. So, you know, I'm going to have to take a photograph of the beer can. Really? It's, it's, it's Audi. Yeah, but it's a nice beer can. It's nothing special. So anyway, how do we know each other? Because this has been we've been this has been on the cards for like months. This podcast. Yeah, it has been. No pressure. Ever since, yeah, it's gonna be a terrible letdown. No, it's all right. It's fine. I'll edit it to fuck. Well, It'll be great. Yeah. Those twenty minutes of things that we say, which are interesting. Yeah. And I'll be pad good. the rest out with adverts like I did before. Well, that's that's where the money is, isn't it? You know. So how so do we, yeah. how do we know each other? Well, we know each other. Well, if anyone listened to the last wonderful solo episode yes that jamie did about bands and stuff i was in one of the two of the bands that jamie spoke about um, did you bring your guitar today yeah it's in the car oh well let's do a recording after this let's i'll you do something live in my kitchen good acoustics we can film it i can record you on three mics well, yeah we can try that yeah Maybe. i would play with you but i have mummy's thumb <laughs> mummy's thumb it is a um, tendonitis thing called dequivering syndrome, which is a, kind of a, a thumb injury. And it's when mothers lift infants wrong. But I reckon I got it from being on the phone, on my phone. So yeah. It, it, so when I play guitar, I'm, you know you do that with your thumb, but then at yeah. the same time... He's making a very rude gesture right now with the song, yeah. but... Um, it's, it's the tendon... That runs down that thumb that gets pushed against the neck when you're doing chords yeah. and angles. And, and it's fucked, but it's exacerbated by being on the phone for sure. I'm addicted to it. I'm, I'm, re- I'm really bad with my phone at the minute. And yeah, I've kinda, I don't have any problems like that, but I can feel it sometimes. It's really, really bad. It's when you sit in bed and hold it as well, watching a video or something. But anyway, so I've just put the boy to bed. Let's have a quick look at the, listen to the baby monitor. He's, he's doing all right. I think he's probably asleep by now, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. He had a cry out. A little bit, but you gotta let him settle himself, and now he's chilled out. Yeah. Did you watch any CBBS? No, I didn't. Not today. Have you seen the Hey Dougie with the stick song? 
I have, yeah, I've seen it once. Yeah, it was on again this morning. It's very good. Yeah. It was it last week one evening? They played it at the end of Newsnight. So we've got several topics to talk about, okay? Because I've, oh, there's I've, a plan. Well, there's wow. not really a plan. I wrote some stuff down. Um, one of the plans was for you to tell me about your job, but you've you've declined to... Without saying stuff to get sacked. Okay. My job right, is very dull. Let's talk about it in general terms. You work for a TV company. Yes. Um, doing the sound, is that right? No. Oh, what do you do? You're a floor um, manager? I'm, no, I'm a vision controller. Oh, so you do TV? I thought you did sound. No, my ears are too fucked to do sound. Tinnitus? Yeah, tinnitus and me too. Deafness and that's being in bands, mate. Yeah, yeah. I was in the bedroom the other day and the heating was going on. You know when you've got the radiator and it's kind yeah. of whistles. Yeah, it's exactly the same as my tinnitus. I would kept on blocking my ears out and then saying to um, my girlfriend, "Is that the radiators? Can you hear that?" Because it was so loud. I was like, "Is that my tinnitus or is that the yeah. radiators?" And anyway, it was the radiators. She shut it off and I was like, "Oh." Yeah, well, it's always there. And I've like, I noticed at work, there's like loads of equipment with fans. But they all seem to be at the same frequency as my tinnitus. Yeah. You're in a room for several hours. And then you, think- and then you walk out and you can still hear the fans of the equipment, but it's not. And it's... It's your fucking ears. It's my ears. Yeah, I swear well, to God, I'm falling apart. That's because we're musicians and we suffer from our art. And by musicians, I mean we're in shit, <laughs> shit, shit rock bands. Yeah. Yeah. Not shit rock bands, just... Lazy and unsuccessful. Yes. Rock bands. No, we were good. When I was putting together that last podcast and I was listening to all of the songs we've got, it's bloody wicked. Well, I've because I've been doing loads of like looking back at stuff. Yeah, some of it was really good. Yeah, no, it was good. So I went back and I listened to everything and I was like, because I haven't played guitar for ages because of my injury. Yeah. So you don't listen to anything and go, well, this is shit guitar or this is shit songs. It was it was all getting better. Yeah. No, but even some of the shitter, like the ones that we always thought were shit. What was the song off the first EP that we stopped playing and never... The one uh, the one with the Ebo. What was it called? Things Left Unsaid. What we did with Things Left Unsaid, the ending went dun-dun, dun-dun. And then we, we created another bit, which we added on, which went really heavy. Do you remember yeah. that? I can't be bothered being in bands anymore because of all of the effort, right? I put... You know what? I put too many years into being in bands... To want to yeah. have to... Yeah, I agree about the effort to some extent, but I would love to be in a band again. But it's more in a kind of like, I want to go and jam on a Friday night, have some beers and, yeah, write yes. some songs or whatever and yes. get good. Yes. But I don't want to be this, you know, where you have to start rehearsing twice a week and start worrying whenever you don't get gigs and shit and start arguing about stuff in a band. like, that's not All right, over so, that. Okay, everyone can talk about best gigs. What was the worst gig you ever played the worst gig i ever played i don't know 323 mother bar was pretty bad no no that was all right it was all right because there was people there but there was no stage any venue without stage it's like oh fuck you no i don't know what about when we played with that band called rima and they filled out the room and then we played and everybody left as we were playing in the Hope and Anchor. Oh, the Hope and Anchor. Yeah, but that's one of those wanky venues that supposed, you're supposed to have to be able to play and everything, but no one tells you that, yeah, it's a shitty promoter who don't give a shit about the bill that they put on. and Oh, yeah. It's all that But it was, a bad, it was a bad gig. It wasn't probably one of our finest gigs, but oh, wait, we our, didn't our play badly. Gig. Our first gig. Yeah, but that's first gig. How many bands first have gig, a first yeah, gig right. that is awesome? Yeah, really? you're right. This, they're like this. 
manufactured band where you hear, oh, they did their first gig to 200 people. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Bro- I think Brother. Remember Brother? They said they Vaguely. were going to be as big as Oasis. Yeah. They pissed everyone off by being super arrogant. And everyone was like, oh, fuck you. And anyway, they didn't do anything in the end. Yeah. I think their story was like, oh, we played a gig and we got really big. And then three gigs in, we got signed. And it's like... Yeah. No, this doesn't happen to anyone. This is a lie. This is a yeah. definitely... It's like when they said that Lily Allen became famous through MySpace. No, she fucking didn't. She became famous because she, her dad's famous. I mean, she spread her music through MySpace, I guess. But her she profile... Was marketed, she was marketed yeah, through MySpace. Yeah, by, exactly. By that was executive team. Yeah. yeah. But I think one of my f- worst gigs then would have been one of my first gigs that I ever played. Oh, was and that the was... one with the chorus pedal? Yes. <laughs> it was me it was me that. and my friend and we had started this band with another friend and this very attractive young lady playing guitar who couldn't play guitar. Oh yeah, and, I've uh, done that. I've been in yeah. bands I've been in bands with girls just because so, they're attractive. Yeah. yeah. Co- yes, completely. Well it wasn't because we all thought so, I mean, yeah, she was a lovely girl. She was very pretty well, and everything. Just, but it was because one of the other guys in the band really fancied her and ended up dating her for a while, I think. So that was kind of the main reason that she was in the band. Well, I was, in, we, I was yeah. in, sorry to interrupt you, but very quickly, I was in a band in school with Owen, yeah. who, who was the drummer in our band. Uh, the lead singer was a girl called Jo, and she could not sing for shit. It's funny that, because this guitar player couldn't, I remember trying to teach her one of the songs, which yeah. was a very simple kind of four chord effort. and She couldn't do it. it just, yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, she this girl could not sing for shit. Everybody fancied her. And so it was me, Owen, a guy called James, and this girl. And we did some more stuff. We did some covers of The Cranberries, Zombie, and yeah. we wrote a song called It's Posses. Don't ask. And uh, it was good, but, she, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was fucking appalling. Yeah. Like, like, her, like her, her voice. But everyone was like, I don't care. I mean, Tim was in a band. With a girl who couldn't particularly play, but he fancied. Yeah. And arguably the girl in my band before our band, we had a girl in there who, she got better towards the end, but we got her in because she was... Another girl auditioned before her, who was this, now don't get me wrong, not homophobic or anything, but she was this kind of butch lesbian girl. But we wanted a girl girl in the band for, for that kind of dynamic. Yeah. But this... Lesbian girl was so fucking good at bass. <laughs> I mean, she was like so yeah. good at bass. We were playing a song, and she—I remember her doing all these slides and making. The reason why you're in a band is to school with girls. That's part of the reason why anyone's in a band. Yeah, For when sure. you're that, when you're kind of that age, seventeen, eighteen, or whatever. Yeah, it is part of it. Well, not that bands ever did let me meet any girls or no, any. Same, same no. here, never. But there wasn't any other way that I was going to anyway. Well, as I said before, you don't get paid and you don't get laid. Yeah. Those are the two standard things of being in a band. Yeah. yeah so anyway, so you're playing this gig. Oh, yeah. The, so this gig, uh, we were called Sugarhead. That's not a bad name. It was a good name. The, like the whole bunch of us back in Derry, we used to hang out in fucking cafes all day instead of going to college and shit. Right. Um, and one day there was about four or five of us there. This girl that we were with, who was a bit, she was a bit crazy, this girl anyway, a bit mental. She opened up a sachet of sugar and poured it on someone's head. <laughs> right. And that's literally where the, the name Sugarhead came from. It's a good name. It was a good name. It was better than the band. Yeah. So we ended up playing this little gig in a little bar. It was just like the upstairs room in a crappy pub. And it was good. Like We had mates and stuff there and everything. 
Um, we were pretty terrible. And Anthony, for some reason, I don't know why, but he borrowed a chorus pedal and he was running his acoustic guitar through it. Now, an acoustic guitar through a chorus pedal can sound amazing. It can sound amazing. This didn't sound amazing. And it, it's my, I, I wasn't playing an acoustic guitar because I didn't have an acoustic guitar with a pickup or anything. Uh, so I was playing an electric guitar and it was fine. It was all right. We were a bit shit, but we weren't terrible. But because it was like small local gig in a small provincial town, people would review stuff for the local papers and stuff. Oh, so you got and, reviewed? Well, we got reviewed. Oh man, I've, but never, one, I've no, never but, been reviewed. But one of our mates worked for the paper. And he saw the review, and it was terrible review, so he pulled it. Oh, good. <laughs> he, he got rid of it. Good, good. Nice. So friends like we in went, high places. Friends, yeah. friends in medium places. And, and, but that was Sugarhead. That was the history of Sugarhead. That was the history of Sugarhead. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Why did you leave Derry? Work. Well, first of all, university and then work. Where'd you go, uni? Preston in Lancashire. Oh, D Preston. I loved Preston. Oh, was it all right? Preston was all right. Do you not and miss it? I do. And then I go back and remind myself. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so true, isn't but it? But then also, I don't know. It's, it's really weird going back now because it's pretty much nearly 20 years since I lived there. It's quite odd because a lot has changed. Because everyone has moved on. I don't know if you find this whenever you kind of meet up with friends from school or college or whatever, that you maybe only see or talk to occasionally over the span of time. Like we all used to like go out and be in bands or whatever together or do stuff together when we were like 19. And then we all went our separate ways and everything. So in my head, in some ways, whenever I meet up with them, it's like I'm still, I still think that I'm going to meet up with the 19 year old version of everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this span of nearly 20 years in between and we've all changed. And it's just like, yeah, it's like now I don't have anything in common with these people who went, who I went through some really important times of my life with and stuff. I mean, when I met you, we were both in our 20s. Yeah. We didn't have kids. We weren't married. We still thought we could make it yeah. as musicians. <laughs> but still. Yeah, what about the travels? Did you get caught up in the travels? Yeah, no, I didn't. It was, wasn't Bl- uh, Bloody Sunday Derry? Yeah, which is still kind of this massive thing kind of hanging over I bet. Derry. Because it always will be. And it's, I mean, apart from all the, the more serious things about what went on in the troubles and people accepting or forgiving or moving on or thinking that, People still haven't been brought to justice for things. Kind of apart from that, there's, I think, in a lot of parts of Northern Ireland, and especially with things like Bloody Sunday or certain bombings or whatever, there's a morbid kind of, not even fascination, but... But is it like Liverpool's identity with Hillsborough, where there's a, a sense li- of injustice, well, a sense of <sighs> anger, a sense of, like, we're, we're intrinsically tied to this disaster? A little bit, yeah. Which is, I suppose, it's a symptom of... You look at other cities or parts of the world where maybe they tie themselves to good things because good things have happened there. Whereas, oh, yeah. you know, you look at Northern Ireland or Liverpool or Glasgow or these cities that are kind of traditionally maybe kind of poor places. and Working class kind of places. Yeah, where people don't give a fuck about them. Well, like where the rest authorities of the country. Yeah, yeah, they don't give a shit. So that's maybe the only thing that they have is these things that have happened and 
Yeah, what, you know? I know it sounds bad, but what else has happened in Derry apart from Bloody Sunday? I don't know. Well, exactly. That's what, so yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Apart from well, things that, well, they're, they're not from Derry. Are oh, they not from Derry? No. No, but for, from Derry, you've got the undertones. Yes. Fucking yeah. And um, um, Virgil Sharkey. Virgil Sharkey, yeah. Um, yeah. D Ream. <laughs> the, guy from from, the guy from D Ream is in, from Derry. Um, Brian Cox band. Well, the new thing from Derry, and I haven't seen it yet. It's been on for a couple of weeks on Channel 4. There's a comedy series called yes. Derry Girls. I, about, I haven't fucking seen it yet. I was going to mention that to you. It looks wicked. It's Apparently, it is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, on a level of kind of Father Ted level of goodness. Yes. Well, the moment I saw it, I was like, I should tell Aaron that Derry Girls is yeah. coming. Oh, and, it's, and it's set in the 90s. Yes, I know. And it's like, fuck, that's... That's, that's when oh, you were there. Shit. That's, 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 you, that's, that's my, your time, yeah. Like... Teenage childhood. Mate, it's like someone setting a comedy drama in Barnet in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally that. You haven't been to Derry, have you? I've been to Derry. I've been to Belfast yeah. hundreds of times because um, my sister lived there. So when I went there, one of the, uh, we drove from the airport to my sister's house. And then as you go through, we went through where all the Shank Hill Road is and stuff. Yeah. Even, even near my sister's house, right up to the town, right up to just before the town centre... There's fucking murals everywhere of guys with balaclavas and AK-47s in their hand. And as a kind of form of peacekeeping, shouldn't you just get rid of those murals? But the murals thing is... Because there's kind of two things about the murals things. One, they're fucking tourist attractions. Oh, they're your There right. are tours and stuff and people go and see them. Also, some of the murals, the artwork is pretty stunning. Some oh, of them's fucking terrible. Yes. Yeah, some of them's like, Jesus. Some of them are terrible, yeah. There's, well, um, there's a Titanic one up they've got now. There's this whole bizarre thing in of if you kind of start taking away those murals on either side, it's like you're trying to steal our fucking identity, and it's like oh, it's fucking get over it, man. But well, look, it's better than it was. Well, it, I'd rather there be murals of people with guns and bombs than fucking running around kneecapping people and blowing minibuses up and shit. One of the drug dealers a few years ago in Belfast got tarred and feathered. Yeah. They used to do that. So it still Literally. happens. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a guy at work who was talking about debt collection, and we were just talking about owing money and being a debt collector and stuff. This bloke at work was saying that he knew a guy who was a debt collector, a huge bloke, and he went to Ireland to collect some debt with a few other debt collectors, and they came back, and they've never not got the money back before, and they just said to the bloke when they came back, forget it, you can't, you can't, yeah. we can't get the money back, forget it. Yeah. And he was like, why? And they wouldn't tell him. They just said, just write it off. It was £400,000. Yeah. And he just wrote the money off. And then a few years later, apparently they were in the pub and he said, he said, can you tell me what happened in Ireland? And he said, yeah, the people you owed money to were the IRA. And, yeah. they, and the IRA said, we ain't paying. Yeah. P.S. We'll kill you. So they were like, all right. I don't know if uh, if people over here. <laughs> on the mainland. On the mainland. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if a lot of people really realise that for most of the troubles... And it's kind of, it's still a hangover now. I would say probably at least 50% of it is not anything to do with politics or... It's gangs, isn't it? Well, it's gangs and organised crime. People were fucking making money and they're still making money out of... Yeah. Because it's all racketeering and protection and... Yeah. All sorts of well, shit. They're... And especially on, the, well, drugs and turf wars. Because you attach the names of IRA or UVF or something to it, it's like it's supposed to be some sort of special shit that only happens in Northern Ireland. It's not. It fucking happens in bits of London or whatever city, and it's just what name it goes under. I don't know what I would. I don't know what I'd do faced with some form of organised crime pressurising me. 
yeah it's the it's kind of tricky you'd like to think that you'd like yeah you'd fucking brush it off or whatever and it's like but no fuck it you're not gonna no i'm a pussy yeah well Well, no also the point that i think my point is i always always think there's a better way to face it down than just being like no fuck you there's a cleverer way to play it yeah but there probably isn't you probably the problem is you have to be clever enough to play the clever way (laughs) i'm not clever enough neither am i you're right so um so would you go back it's been tempting recently you could buy a massive house if I sold our little tiny flat in London, we could buy a lovely big house in the country yeah, and man. be mortgage free. Oh man. You could probably have an outhouse with your recording studio yeah. and you could have oh yeah, big garden. Yeah. Yeah, like a yeah. basement of some kind. I read something the other day where a guy said when he was about twenty something, he was a fireman and he he earned something like three thousand five hundred a year, so work out what year that is. Yeah, and he said he got a mortgage three times his salary, and bought that bought a nice house and, yeah. and lived in it. And now his house is worth five hundred sixty thousand. And if anyone wants to buy it, they would have to have a twenty grand deposit, and be earning over one hundred twenty thousand, something like that. Yeah, basically, it's crazy. Possible. Do you remember that? Who was the politician who said it? it's because oh, people are buying remember. coffee? Yeah, buying coffee and avocados. Yeah, he's like, and that's and why they like, haven't got houses. It's like, it's no, like, it's fucking not. It's because we've been shafted by the previous two generations. Yeah, well, it's free market fucking people up. That's that's exactly what it is. It's too much, too much pressure on house pricing. Like, like we're in the market, they go, well, house prices have gone up. Good news. How it's not. News? It's not good news at all. It's shit news. Yeah, it's crap. The flat that we live in, we bought nine years ago, and theoretically just about doubled in value in that time but the problem is that you can't there's this whole myth about the property ladder you buy your starter home and then you kind of upgrade and start a family yeah you can't it's a load of shit because there is no ladder anymore it's like you scrape most people now when they're buying their first home are in their 30s i mean well certainly not in the region that we live in no this is the thing people go oh you can do it and it's like yeah you can do it if you move to an area where you have no ties there's no jobs, it's a complete shit area, yeah. and the property needs doing up. You could buy a flat in Jaywick. Do you know where Jaywick is? No. It's that fucking shithole seaside town. That site is one of the worst places in Britain. <laughs> you could buy a flat there, sure, but then you ain't going to fucking get a job in Jaywick, are you? Yeah. And I mean, I suppose you could commute a couple of hours, and yeah. and, then, and then that's how you do it. But, but even then, house prices go up in value to what's around them. So what goes up in Jaywick is going to go up twice or three times on real. So, so unless you're saying, I am forever going to live in a complete shithole where there's no work or jobs and there's no yeah. crime, surely that, that it's not being lazy saying, I don't want to live in an area like that all my life. But even to get, a, I mean, let's say about me thinking about moving back home, back to Northern Ireland. And yeah, I could do that and I could be mortgage free. But then it's like, what do I do for a job? Or whatever. I could get any old shitty job, but it's like, well, what? If you're mortgage free, you, you could work in a guitar shop. There's no guitar shops. You could open a <laughs> guitar shop. Call it Aaron's Guitars. That was always my dream growing up. I thought guitar shop. Oh, me too, mate. When I first moved here, I had a serious talk with my girlfriend about uh, quitting my job and working in the guitar shop. Yeah. I, I mean, like, serious. Really? And then she got pregnant, and I was like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> Let's take a break. You could go get your guitar. I could go and get my guitar. And yes. Whilst he's whilst the boy's still in bed. Yeah. I'll go to the loo as well. 
Yeah. And get All some right. water. Cool. Do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock! And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Ever had diarrhea so bad that what you thought was a fart wound up as a new pair of trousers? Oh, fucking hell. Or ever found bog paper so thin your hand went straight through? Oh, shit. Well, now there's an answer. New Super Absorbency Arsewipe. Arsewipe is deep-textured, three-ply tissue that soaks up that runny diarrhea and gets round to the tiniest particle of clinker. And Arsewipe's coating of soothing bum cream massages anal muscles that have been stretched to the limit by a bog-blocking turd the size of a submarine. So if you're full of shit, Arsewipe is here to wipe your cares away. And remember, next to Arsewipe, everything is crap. What was that about? Anyway, that was good. Yeah, that was fun. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll play a 10-second snippet of it now. There you go. I'll edit that oh. in. and then That you... wasn't 10 seconds. Yeah, it will be to the listening public. And then what <laughs> we can do is we can listen to it afterwards. I think everyone will yeah. be impressed. Everyone, all of the seven people that listen. There's seven people No, there's listen. not no. seven people. Oh. There's about four. And those are the people who are variously on it from time to time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Listen, it's like being in a band. You don't. You're not in a band so people listen to your band. You're in a band so you're in a band. You're not on. A, you don't do a podcast so people listen to it. You do a podcast because you want the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I've got several YouTube channels that nobody watches. Do you want to plug them now? From, not particularly because they're not very interesting. Well, you did a. You were into your filmmaking for a while, weren't you? I did exactly the same thing as what happened with World Before Wireless, where we took on this massive project. Yeah, we took, we became our heart. And it destroyed the band. Yes. I wasn't really and never have been a documentary maker, but I had this great idea as part of like a self-improvement learning thing to um, make a film, a short film, just a short thing um, about a friend's record label. And it turned into a project that took about four years. That record label was? Small Town America. Small Town America, yeah. Um, Who were wicked. Yeah, an amazing label. But I don't know what they actually do anymore. What happened to Fighting With Wire? It was their label, wasn't it? No, it was Jetplane Landing's label. Jetplane Landing, yeah. yes it was, yeah. That's um, right. Yeah, they made they made an album about three years ago. And it was a fucking amazing album. Such a good yeah, album. With Atlantic? No, no, no. Fighting With Wire were the ones who were with Atlantic. Oh, we're talking about... <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Jetplane Landing. Yeah. But yeah, again, Fighting With Wire made this amazing album for Atlantic that never got released by Atlantic because they decided that rock was dead. Oh, that's so the bullshit that a label it's would It's such say. a bullshit. But um, yeah. um, so they eventually got it released by a UK label called was it XL Recordings. I've heard of Not them. Not XL. Extra Mile. Extra Mile. I might have heard them as well. Yeah, I, I will have done. all um, the labels because when we were yeah. on MySpace years ago... Oh yeah, we befriended all I of befriended them in the hopes of getting signed. Yeah, or every single label We possible. were that close to having friends on social media. Small Town America were a really good label. They had... Um, the band was called Four or Five Magicians. Yeah. Their album was released on Small Town, yeah. Yeah. Dan... 
Dan. He's in the process of send, setting up a new band, as far as I know, but I haven't heard. Yeah, he was all right. He's he's one of the many drowning sounders that I used to yeah. know. Like like vaguely, I'm not saying I know him. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, their album was actually incredibly good. They were trying to sort that out while I was making the documentary. Yes, he's um, in the documentary, isn't he? Yeah, very briefly. So. As, as is Guntrip Dan, who... Yeah, because he I'm was there. the label manager. He, Guntrip Dan may deny it now, but he when I was in the band EOTN before our band, we headlined at 93 Feet East and he came up to us afterwards and said, I'm a scout for a small record label. Can, can I have a demo? Because we did a really good gig. And uh, I was like, yeah, yes, it's finally starting to happen. And then obviously nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that happens to lots of bands and lots of small labels ask for demos and stuff. Um, don't, in the don't course of the making bubble. the document, no, when, um, I'm all right saying this because it's in the public domain. It was in an interview or something, but one of the other guys who eventually became the official kind of A&R man for the label, he brought Andrew, the label boss, this demo, said, these guys are fucking good. We have to sign them. And Andrew didn't get, he just said, ah, don't get it. Guess the band. Fowls? Arctic Monkeys. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, man. Well, that's the thing. Labels don't but know that's shit. The, Labels don't know shit. No, but they that's don't, it. They but know that, as much as anyone else. Yeah, but that's where the difference between a label like Small Town America or any of these other kind of like small, like proper labels that are really in it for the love of the music versus a kind of a corporate enterprise. If Small Town America, if they didn't kind of get the music or didn't kind of believe in it in some way, or didn't think it was, they just didn't see it as for them, then they wouldn't kind of sign it. What's the YouTube channel that you've got this documentary on? Um, I don't have it on it. It's actually on uh, oh, Small Town America's Vimeo channel. It's uh, it's the documentary's called There Is No Courage Unless There Is Real Danger. Nice. Who came it, up with the name? Um, it was the masses of the Small Town America forum whenever people used to use forums on websites because it's a jet plane landing song title. That's pretty good, though, to end up to be commissioned to do a documentary for well, a I, label. I wouldn't say I was commissioned to do it. I approached them to say, I want a, I just want a little project to do, and I'd quite like to do it on your record label because it's quite cool and I might get into some gigs for free. Well, you were, you were kind of made them, weren't you? Well, kind of. I didn't... I mean, Andrew, the label boss, is from Derry, and at, at the time he was living in London. Yeah, and operating because he was the singer in Jet Plane Landing because yeah. the label was set up originally to put out Jet Plane Landing stuff. But then they started to do other things and um, I just decided I need to expand my horizons creatively and stuff. So I thought, right, I'll make a little film. And then it's like, what do I really like that I can have access to to make something about the record label? Man, I've really got to get on and do show notes for these for these podcasts because I'll stick all of this information in the show notes. But I don't do show notes at the moment. Yeah. So. But then, it, I want people to listen, not read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go Google it yourself, you lazy. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers. Exactly. There's it's fucking Google. So people always say that. Oh, where can I find your stuff? Oh, where do you think? In the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google it. Do you remember going to see Fighting with Wire at uh, King's College? Yes. They were brilliant, and they supported Twin Atlantic. Yeah. Who I've heard on the radio. Twin Atlantic, decent band, but I think they were always. Overrated. Pop, poppy. But you find that, I think, with a lot of bands from that kind of circuit, that there's the really good bands, and then there's the other ones who kind of come up behind them a little bit and somehow get the attention, and they're maybe moulded a little bit more in that kind of sellable way. 
and packaged a bit more. Yeah, and they're sure. the ones that seem to break through rather than the the ones that came before or are maybe a bit more bog standard. Well, that that girl punk band I was in, they they reformed as their old band title, and they're now signed. Oh, are they signed? Now? Yeah, they're actually signed. They got signed. Yeah, because I've st- I've like because I follow them on social media, but I've only like heard a little bit of their stuff, and it's really good. I was I see I like the idea of maybe getting them on the podcast to talk about being signed, like it actually happening. Must be but then it's a different thing now, isn't it? Being signed. Well, there's so many different versions of being signed. Is that distribution deals? And it doesn't matter. About being signed now doesn't really matter. It used to mean when you're signed, you are going to be famous in some way or another. That was like the 70s or the 80s even. All signed being means anymore. Well, someone else has taken ownership of your music and and deciding what to do with it. And you get a manager, which is amazing. The thing about being in a band is you you are a publicist and you're a web editor and you're an audio editor and you're a promoter yeah. and you're a distributor. Which is great. I think that loads of that, do you know, that whole DIY thing, I love the idea of the DIY thing. The main thing I think that I would need a manager for in a band is to make you do stuff. Kick your ass No, you have to go to rehearsal and you have to go here and you have to do this and you've got a gig, practice for it. And also someone to book your gigs because phoning up and asking promoters for gigs is the... F- and then they're like, I'll put you on a Tuesday, like, second on. And you're like, fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, it's over yeah. now. It's not gonna- <laughs> Although I suppose that's right, because you and me always had slightly different approaches about gigs, I think. I never really had too much of a problem with being on first or second on a Tuesday night. But then playing gigs was always just fun, anyway. Play- yeah, no, playing gigs is wicked. And it's something that I it's miss. It's all the hard work. I think I was just too lazy for bands. Last time we get the last gig I did was the last gig you did. CS's last CS, gig. Sorry, yeah, CS's this, last yeah. gig was three weeks ago, three years ago last week, I think. Three years. 2015. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it now. It's something I did for ages in my past, but I'm, but it's like this is this is what I wrote on my Twitter feed the other day, right? I write a load of tweets. No one retweets them or anything like that. Yeah. Right. I write loads of stuff on Medium, the writing site, uh, and I share it as well. No one reads it. I record this podcast. Sorry. No one. <laughs> it's all right. No, I I've, I've read a couple of things in the midst of time no, that you've written, worry. but. Yeah, don't yeah. worry, don't worry. But that's in my YouTube channels. No, I'm not like a proper YouTuber. I don't, I'm not disciplined and I don't make a particularly professional thing for people You're to no watch. You're no Logan Paul. No. Thing is, the Logan Paul thing, he's he got kicked off of YouTube for showing that dead body. He didn't get kicked off, though. He's oh. only basically been downgraded, hasn't he? Oh, is that it? Yeah, they've taken him off, like, the premium oh, kind of making fuck? money thing. And... But this has made him world famous. Yeah. It's any. It's the same thing they say that any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, when they say name a YouTuber, the only two I can think of is that fucking peewee, whatever he's called. PewDiePie. PewDiePie, that's the right. racist. Well, yes, Nazi uh, kind of guy. Well, he's not racist, really. He's just a he's just gobbling off on the internet. Like everybody is, isn't he? Not defending him, but I'm just I'm just saying, yeah. you know, he's just not thinking about what he's saying. Alleged racist. Let's. Um, and then um, Logan Don't... Paul, Paul Logan, some yeah, Paul some... Hogan. <laughs> he's the crocodile Dundee guy. Um, <laughs> Paul, no, Paul um, Logan Paul. Uh, for yeah, in the Japanese that... forest. And... But did you see the other footage he posted of what, him in no. Japan? He was a fucking cunt. He was like most of these people are though. Yeah, because they because they're just desperate for hits. He was like they were like yeah. di- massively disrespecting everybody, put, like pulling their pants down in the middle of Tokyo, like getting raw fish and chucking it on cabs, yeah. rolling around in the road, like knocking on people's windows whilst they're in the traffic, and just just generally being like a an, a total asshole. If someone put it on Twitter and said you would just punch him in the face, and yeah. you would, he's just 
awful. Um, and so the whole thing with the with the body, I guess you don't know what to do when you find a dead body. Yeah, but you don't put it on fucking <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yeah, clearly you don't put it on YouTube. Yes, you're right. There's, you know, yeah. there are two ways to be famous on something like YouTube. One, you do something outrageous or say something outrageous yeah. and basically be a cunt. Or the way that I've found the one successful video that I've got on YouTube, which has had like 50,000 views. Is it called like Massive something. Tits or something? No. I bought a little practice amp and I opened the box and plugged it in and tried it out. Oh, mate, I did an unboxing of the Behringer. Yes, I saw you that unboxing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, did, I, 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 I did an unboxing of my Mac as well because I was like, I'm going to get some fucking YouTube hits. But this Let's is it. What, I, um, I make, look, it's, I don't do it. I don't do all these, any creative things for uh, like fame or anything like that. But it is amazing how everything I've ever done, every band I've ever been in, every blog I've ever had, every podcast I've done, every YouTube channel or YouTube thing I've made, every essay I've written, essentially get almost zero exposure. There is one picture I had on Flickr that got redistributed like tens of thousands of times. And it, it was a picture of... Oh, no, just, yeah. So yeah. it's, so it's, it's the, the one with the um, sound waves on it. And I took a picture of that but with like the light on it from the window and it kind of was doing some weird effects and I, it was a black and white thing and I just stuck it on my Tumblr blog which again no one reads and it got retweeted somewhere and then it just went bomb 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 and just went fucking everywhere and also I did a GTA Vice City playlist and for about two years I just kept getting emails from people signing up to it and I was like yeah whatever it used to piss me off I'd be like, oh, leave me the fuck alone. Like, because I'd get like two two emails a day about it. I know it sounds silly, but every every time you check your email, it's like, so-and-so signed up to GTA Vice, and you're like, fuck off. So like, Yeah, but that's that's kind of still passive, though. It's still passive, but I if get, I'm getting annoyed at that, imagine, yeah. imagine having people messaging you all the time. You'd just be like, yeah. get to fuck. But this one of me opening a box that a nan... 8,000 views. Right, that's about plugging pedals into this amp. <laughs> And how different pedals sound with them. But the one about unboxing the actual amp is on 53,000 views. Fucking and, hell. And I don't get a huge amount of interaction, but every once in a while, I'll still, I put that up like over two years ago. And every so often, I'll be getting these messages on, on YouTube. It's like, hey man, what do you think? What amp should I get? Should I get this one or should I get this other one? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy growing vegetables. Want to speak to other like-minded vegetable growers? Call Beans Talk on 09090-781-500. That's 09090-781-500. Beans Talk. Calls cost £1.50 per minute. Terms and conditions apply. Visa and credit cards may be accepted. Your house may be at risk if you dig up the foundations and put explosives on Um, But we need to do this again, right? Yeah. With somebody, with somebody else. Somebody well. else, yeah. I've got three mics. Seems yeah, like, seems like a shame. I can bring another microphone as well. You got four holes. I have got four. I've got four holes. You're right. Oh, it always descends into innuendo. Two ears, a mouth, and an ass. Nostrils. Nostrils. Six holes. No, seven holes. Hang on, see, I'm trying to count in my head now, and it's not. seven holes, and women have eight. Your urethra. No, that's not a hole. That's <laughs> that a... doesn't count because that's just. <laughs> yeah, but that's definitely a hole. No, and then the lady part. Seven or eight. There's a lot of holes, actually. There everywhere. are a lot of holes. There's lots of things to go in Leak. and out with plugs and leaks and get infected. Fucking ugh. Four mics. Four microphones. Ambitious. But maybe, have you met my mate Ian? He's on it a lot. Yeah, I feel like I know him a little bit. You... Scottish Ian. Scottish Ian. Yeah, he's almost co-host. 
He is, yeah. He's almost co-host. I just try and spread it out a little bit and not have him on all the time because... Because uh, <laughs> you want the glory. <laughs> no, no. It's because I want, you know, different people. So let me see if there was anything else. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. And you've got to do this, right? So you can't mention where you work. So have you met lots of famous people? Not really met. I've like passed them in corridors and stuff and been around people, but not really. You've checked to Susanna Reid quite a lot, haven't you? Not particularly. Have you checked? I've said hello to and stuff. And Tim Lovejoy? Not really, but let's leave him out of this. No, tell us about Tim Lovejoy. No, because he's... Everyone knows what Tim Lovejoy is probably like. There's one thing about Tim Lovejoy which is which is absolutely amazing. He wrote a book about football. Have the, you read the book or just read the review no, of the book? I've just read the review of the book because you know he's like I'm a football lad. When Saturday comes is the website and the, and this is the review of his book. So I'll just quickly mm. read it out. Helen Chamberlain's former sidekick has celebrated leaving Soccer AM for 6:06 with a book. Taylor Parks wants to know why anyone thought it was a good idea to expose the presenter's ego and prejudice across 288 smugly written pages. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the beginning of it. Soccer AM is a bad memory. Hungover mornings in other people's flats, disturbed by the crew of weeping simpletons, the slurping of pro and ex-pro rectums, cobbled together comedy that may be long before the glory days of Skinner and Bedil's old shit. Yet Tim Lovejoy himself, with his fashionably receding hair and voice oddly reminiscent of Rod Hulls, I remember only as average bloke TV presenter. In fact, one of the few averagely bloke TV presenters to make me clack my tongue in irritation rather than buff my gherkin knife. His new book is not just tedious in the extreme, it's utterly vile. <laughs> Chopped into chapters that barely feel a page in a font usually associated with books for the partially sighted. <laughs> Lovejoy on football <laughs> is part autobiography, part witless musing, and one more triumph for the crass stupidity rapidly replacing culture in this country. Hopelessly banal and nauseatingly self-assured. Smirkingly unfunny. It's a £300 t-shirt, a piss you off ringtone, a YouTube clip of someone drinking their mate's vomit. It's smugness... It's <laughs> uh, smugness in its uh, vacuity. I hope it makes you sick. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it goes on. And it just, yeah. it's just a hatchet job of saying that he's the worst man to have ever fucking walked the planet. Yeah, I know you can't comment. I yeah, because I've worked on a couple of shows that Tim Lovejoy may have been involved with, and yeah, you know, had a nice time working on those shows, got paid. So yeah, right, fair enough. Professional to the last. Oh, didn't you work on the Nuts TV? Yeah, sure. I worked on Nuts TV. That was good fun. I bet it was good fun, but I bet it was fucking terrible TV. It wasn't the most amazing TV, but it was, it was the like Lucy Pinder. And... Well, it was the. I think the idea was that it was like post pub TV. Do you remember it, like it's stuff like the like it pop, kind of took like it pop, to, popped in, crashed out? Yeah, kind of. That, that was, was basically it. That was great. That show. Yeah, is, is that what it was called? I think popped in, crashed out. That's right. Here it is. TV series. Yeah, wasn't no, wasn't he called something like or something? Alexander. He's called something like Smasher or. Yeah. Oh no, was I'm thinking of Noisy of Mothers. The guy who presented Noisy Mothers just keeps on coming. I don't know. Raw. Crusher. That's what. That's Crusher. what he was called. He was called. It's so funny. He's like a proper geeky metaler, and he was called Crusher. Awesome. He kind of compared, if you can compare, the first Ozfest that I ever went to. He's just your, your classic metal geek. Yeah. He did lots of geeky TV shows. Right, I have to go get Joe up. But, yeah. But stay here. Okay. I'll get him up and then we'll do some sign off. Uh,
my son with me. He's been asleep for two, nearly two and a half hours, so he's all heavy-headed. He's a big fan of Donovan, playing a bit of Donovan. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, Family Ties. Well, yes, yes. obviously. Played him um, Dylan, um, because my dad was big into Dylan. Yeah. I, I got brought up in Dylan, so... Uh, the Beatles, Maestrona, he really likes. Excellent, yes, good. Any anything a bit more? He's not ready. I Rock. Think, I don't think he's ready for. I'm easing him oh, in. Oh come on. Maestrona is quite rocky. Hey Joe's in there. Uh, yeah. By Hendrix. Yeah, but Hendrix is always good. I'm trying to teach him that music is important because that's that's what I got taught. Music is important. Oh, you're gonna throw See, that. See, I, I try to play cool music for my daughter, who's who's seven now. Oh yes, um, how's she with music? She loves music. But, yeah, the problem is she always has the radio on at night going to sleep. I don't even notice, like, hard or smooth or something. Oh, oh. Smooth's good. Is smooth, it? Smooth. I don't know. Yeah, smooth I, plays I, cool I things like um, Don Henley in the cars. Yeah. Who gonna drive you home? See, you want a bit of rock, don't Tonight. you? But, yeah, no, I've tried to introduce to, like, she likes a bit of ACDC and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Started that off in the womb. Bit of um, Back in Black. Which she responded to in the womb. Oh, really? Yeah. By moving about. <laughs> I suppose, not by any other way. Yeah, well, yeah. Hang on, do you want to give me that very noisy ball? Thank you very much. <laughs> I want him to um, become a drummer because then he's got... This is it. He's got another noisy ball. <laughs> you want him to become a drummer so then he can be in bands. I want him to and become... And he can a... have his pick and choose of the band. That's right. And he can do what he wants because drummers are the ones who hold the key. You don't get any, you don't get cool rhythm guitarists or bassists. The girls want to hang around with the lead singer... Lead guitarist or the drummer? Theoretically. Or none. I've tried doing all of those things <laughs> yeah. in bands, and yeah, it doesn't work. When we played the AHA gig, because there were so many girls there and it went down really well and all of that, I thought to myself, I'm going to come off stage and some, somebody's going to try and chat me up. No, Nothing. no. Not, no one even came up. It's so weird. You do a big gig, a hundred odd people cheering and everything, come off stage, no, there's shit. You're like, I just want to get pissed. Who are you? And never mind how good we played or anything. I was trying to be as cool as possible that night. I had a cool shirt on. Aviator shades. Aviator shades on the Stuff whole, that I had to take off because I couldn't see anything. Yeah, but in the videos, I can't see you at all. I can't see any of us, really, because the camera was so far away. Oh, here he is now. He's adventuring around the room. <gasps> I think it might be time to call it a day. But he's uh, look, he's in a good mood because he slept a lot. Which is essentially the same as all humans. You just hold it in a That's bit why better. I'm eternally in a bad mood at the minute, is because I don't sleep very much. I saw you always post stuff on, me- on social media about how shift work <laughs> fucks your brain. Yeah, it's, it's going to kill me. Yeah, it's bad. It's, shift work is bad, isn't yeah. it? But then again, lots of other things will kill you before shift work. So has he had any words yet? Like proper, tangible, real-life words? No, it sounds like he's saying higher sometimes, but I don't think he is. So no actual tangible words. No kind of, I've got a sentence going... What was your girl's first word? Can't remember. Oh, you terrible father! <laughs> See, but I'm I'm really shit. I can't remember stuff like that. I mean, I remember when she first started walking. Oh yeah, but yeah, loads cool. of other stuff. I don't. There's st- actually this is a tip for you. Whenever he does start talking, just get a notebook and write down the stuff that they say when they start saying like proper sentences and stuff, because it's fucking hilarious. The stuff that they come out with is it's comedy genius most of the time. But, yeah, I've forgotten all of the cool stuff that she's ever said. So, yeah, get a book and write it down. It's mad. Well, I love... I, when I used to work in a, a toy shop, I was there, and there must have been someone who was about four, and they said, Mummy, he's going, Mummy, Mummy, is Winston Churchill Margaret Thatcher's husband? <laughs> <laughs> and the mother was like, uh, what? No. <laughs> all right, well, look, this has been good. Um, it has been good. The same thing that happens every time you do a podcast. You're about 40 minutes in, and you warm up. But that comes through just doing it and that's like more often. 
Well, yeah. so, so like when you when your first gigs, when you do your first gigs. Well, your first gig. No, but he, even before. <laughs> he's got no trouble warming up. He's that's, ready to go. That's right. This is vocal time now. But yeah, when you do your first gigs, you're yeah. So- but even even kind of your first times being in a band or a new band yeah. together, that's really awkward whenever you have to play or sing in front of you, other people that you don't know that well yet. When you all don't know each other and you're trying to do something. Yeah, and trying to get along and gauge other people. The secret, one of the secrets to art is start before you're ready. Just do it and carry on doing it and make your mistakes on the way. Same as it being in a band, just start before you're ready. Whenever I was making the Small Town America film, like sitting down with Andrew from Small Town America talking about it, and the two two bits of advice that he gave me, it wasn't even like bits of advice. It was kind of dropping hints. As I said, just basically it was just do it and finish it. Yes. Because yeah. I've I've always been good at starting stuff, but I've never been good at finishing things. I've got so many unfinished projects. Oh mate, I've music got, I've got no joke. Other I've, things. I've got about probably about fifty songs unfinished. Yeah. Sitting on my phone, sitting on my old computer. Yeah. In Audacity. Wave files that I just haven't published because I'm like, oh, they're not good enough, or they need more stuff, yeah. or I haven't done the vocals for them, or so yeah, just do it and finish it. So is that what you said? That's from the man himself who went and formed the record label. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's that, and it, like kind of other YouTube channels that I follow, like a lot, like the successful ones. From time to time, they always do like Q and A's or whatever. Kind of the advice that they always give is like you said, just get on with doing it, even if you don't think you're ready for it, just do it, start it, start before you're ready. That's the that just, is it. yeah. Start before you're ready, do it and finish it. Otherwise, you just won't get around to doing it. That is right. Um, but yeah, cheers for coming. No, thank how, you. How long that. was the drive? How many miles? Uh, 53 miles. 53 miles. Jesus I Christ. Think. I've driven, for my own podcast, a round trip of 80 miles. Really? But this is a round trip of 100 miles. But I was going to come to yours. I was, yeah. You can come to mine another time. I will come to yours another time and I'll bring somebody else. And maybe we'll even use cameras. Yes. Because what I was going to say is we had a, an idea to do like a, a YouTube mini-series. Do you remember? It was going to be like, I hosted it. Yeah. And we were going like to like review bands. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so kids, just, just started. Get on and do it. Like we didn't. Like we did, yeah. <laughs> well, this is why this is called the Early Late Night Review. We were going to review stuff each time and the whole point well I remember sitting in the pub when you just before you started and you're saying and we were well it wasn't even going to be reviews was it it was kind of reviews but it was been like it was going to be like a little bit of a conversation that we had in the pub was conversation about how to have beans on toast yes because everyone's got and variations and alright new new bit of the new bit of the show um, about beans on toast. How do you have your beans on toast? Well, it depends what kind of level of slotty beans on toast I need. If it's bog standard beans on toast, yeah. toast is the white, just white bread, butter, beans on top of it. Be- so how many slices of toast? Two. All right, and beans on top, not round the edge? No, on top. But then you put it get soggy. Yeah, but see, it doesn't It doesn't work if you don't have the butter on. There's, I don't know, there's something, it doesn't work. All right, what I'm going to do is after we finish this, I'm going to film you saying that, and then I'm going to piece it together for a YouTube video. Okay. Film everybody talking about the beers on toast. All right. Um, thanks very much. Say Thank goodbye. You. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Red lines will come for you. Make their twisted designs on you. Start